0: 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
1: Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is
0: Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to five hours of continuing coverage of the GOP primary. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is it still on? Well, it, now, yesterday, and I, we haven't even talked about what we did in our day yesterday, but I'm mm-hmm. sure your day yesterday might have been a lot like mine. When you know the real cold weather, when you know that Jerry is headed your way, that's the name of the storm. I, it's driving me, stop it, it, Weather Channel. Nobody else names their storms. I, I saw it on, I wasn't, didn't even see it. I I was, uh, it was the Weather Channel and they had the, uh, you know, the, just the map. And it said, yeah, you know, G- under the storm says when, Jerry. You know, yeah, when, yeah. Okay, so this is when will Jerry hit your area is what I yeah, it's like and what and and so yesterday was just one of those days where I was just, uh, you know, for me, it's the uh, the pool. Uh, Oh, I did cancel my trip to Florida. Yeah, I was going to go for a few days and it's like, no, I don't want to come back. Well, when I canceled it, actually, I canceled it. Today's Thursday. I asked you that before. It's like, I don't even know what day it is. Uh, it was it was Tuesday where I canceled. Yeah. And at that point, there was like almost, you know, like a 40% chance of freezing rain. I don't know what it is now, but I just said, you know, I'm just canceling it. We'll do it another time. And he yeah, was fine right. with it. Yeah. He said, you know something, the weather isn't that great down here in Florida right now anyway. Yeah, so, go to Florida when it counts, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll just do it uh, do it again. And now that the airlines gives you the full credit, yeah. you don't have to worry about, well, if you're... If you cancel the flight, remember it used to be at what two hundred or two hundred 200 bucks? Yeah, two hundred bucks. Right. You, you have to. You know, and on some of those flights, that's about what you paid. Yeah. <laughs> now you can't get the you can't get a refund, right? You can but, just reschedule. but you get the 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 credit. Now that could affect right. some people who fly once every couple of years. But right. For yeah. me, it's like, oh, okay, I've got that bank now for mm-hmm. when I book my next flight, which probably will be in the next week. Right. Uh, but so it was just one of those days. So I'm. I'm going back and forth. You know, I I've, I've got, you know, I'm I'm watching as much as I can on my phone. Uh I've got YouTube on to get all the different stuff going on with Hunter Biden, you know, showing up at the at the congressional hearing, showing up so he could walk out. <laughs> yeah, so so then I see the uh, I got to find it cuz it's just popped into my head now. Mm. The the hill.com story that that uh, said that Governor Sinunu says that uh that um, um, Chris Christie is pulling out and he says he's a liar and that was at 11:40 in the morning and so before I go to sleep later, yeah, later on in the afternoon then he resi- and then it was more people coming out yeah, you know right. stating nope he's going to resign he's going to re- resign he's going to pull out he's going to pull out he's going to pull out he's you know he's done he's done and and so when i went to sleep i went oh okay Everything is cool. But the Hunter Biden thing was just was just crazy, you know, all all day long. And then the Christie thing. And then I wake up and I start reading stuff on the as soon as I as soon as I wake up, I grab my phone and start, you know, scrolling down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every well, every news website almost I have on on Twitter. So I'm like going through it, going through it. I'm like. Now, this debate looks like it's a mess <laughs> and everybody has a different opinion on it. But it's like when I started reading a lot of the transcripts and what was being said, I went. Eh, and I, but then I thought, wait a minute. Because everything when you because of social media, everything that was huge gets pushed to the back burner. And I started thinking, wow, everything right now is on social media. The American mm-hmm. public isn't paying attention to the debate. No. The American public, for the most part, maybe some people in Iowa uh, were. I'm not sure the audience in that room were paying attention to the debate by the end. But I was just, I just thought it was amazing how, by the time we were, you know, 10 minutes from going on the air, I'm thinking to myself, what a long day news-wise, because it seemed like Uh, the whole Hunter Biden thing was a week ago. Well, it's Hunter Biden and Chris Christie, kind of the same move, right? You jump in so you can walk out, right? It's the ah, only reason you go in, uh, so you can walk out. Uh, and Chris Christie basically uh, was just reminding people that he was actually officially running at one point when he announced that he was no longer running. And, you know, I-, I woke up around 7 p.m. I got about three and a half hours of sleep, and I woke up around 7 p.m., and I wasn't going to tell anyone because I didn't want anybody to get the, um, uh, you know, the idea that I woke up to watch the debate i wouldn't want anybody thinking that but i was trying to go back to sleep i mean i tried everything i i tried you know counting sheep there weren't that many in my backyard so i kind of that didn't go very long um i you know I, I got a drink of water you know laid down close my eyes i i even tried watching the debate even that didn't help and it's just so you jump on social media and you're right and all of the everything on social media of course Everybody was kind of live posting the the debate. Oh my gosh, Jim Garrity and National <laughs> Review. Oh my gosh, uh, let's let's see here. Uh, here, here's I've got it. There's two of them. So Jim Garrity, we're getting into like the last half hour of the debate. <laughs> Jim Garrity posts on X. We're really going to do this for two hours, huh? (laughs) National Review, the official account, reposted with a gif of Kevin James and screaming, basically Uh. screaming his lungs out. And then a few minutes later, Garrity again. After one hour and 52 minutes, Jake Tapper promises slash threatens that they'll be back with more <laughs> national review reposts that with a cat with a gif of this tiny kitten just screeching and i just thought that's the that's the perfect summary of that debate because there were okay there were so many articles as you as you get them it's kind of the media going through the motions here are the takeaways there aren't any takeaways you had the two challengers to Trump the two I guess strongest now challengers to Trump going at each other um it's not a win for either one of them he did his town hall thing uh oh that was interesting because yeah, like I said yeah. I, I'm going through the I'm 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 going through as I'm laying in bed going through yeah. my phone and yeah. scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and I mean for 10 minutes scrolling. And then I was like, okay, time to get up, time to take a shower whatever. Take the shower, you know, get ready. Check my phone again. Looking around, go to Fox News, the lead story, because they had the town hall. Yeah. Trump's town hall. And there was nothing on social media about it. It was amazing. Uh, I saw some I saw some things during the town hall. Yeah, I didn't see. Now, again, sometimes it's, you know, it's. Because it moves pretty quick on, right. it, on it, especially on uh, X. Well, right. It's almost like it, it, it's almost like a one arm bandit. Yeah. You go to Vegas, you post it, like. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, but but I was just shocked. I went, oh, that's right. Well, Trump did, it, Trump did his town hall. Well, and this is how bad the CNN debate was. At one point in that last half hour, at the actual CNN debate, they put up a large screen so everyone could watch the Fox News town hall with Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, I look. I, the oh, when you're talking about uh, National Review, somebody somebody posted, and then the headline disappeared. I have been trying to find it. It was just a headline, and it said, <laughs> "Governor DeSantis says." And I don't know whether this happened or not, but they added the headline: "Governor DeSantis says Social Security is not an entitlement." Mm-hmm. And they or or they would governor Governor DeSantis is wrong when he said Social Security is not an entitlement, and I went back to all of those Facebook posts, yeah. all of them, that I th- those are the ones that I love correcting. because, And I haven't seen one in a while. But you see it, you know, people talk about Social Security. It's not an entitlement. It's not an entitlement. You're entitled to get it, so it's not an entitlement. It's called an entitlement because you're entitled to get it. Yeah, it's been so, paying in. Now, I did Google, and I couldn't find it, but National Review isn't going to put up that. And, and I thought it was in their live coverage. Mm-hmm. It was just a headline, you know, wrong, Governor DeSantis. Social Security is an entitlement, which it is. It's called an entitlement program because you put into it. Therefore, you're entitled to it. I, I yeah. just, that's one of the things that just, because you will, have, when that comes up, you will have, you will have, if if you ever see that on social media, just read the hundreds or thousands of comments. Yeah. And people are like, uh-huh, you're right. Absolutely right. It's like people are and, and these are people, you know, the, the uh, you know, these are uh, the, these are conservatives, independents, liberals. Everybody's clueless on it. Mm-hmm. And it's such a simple thing. I mean, this isn't complicated. These are the things that drive me crazy. These are the things that keep me up night that the American public can be so stupid. So security is not an entitlement. Because you're entitled to get it. (laughs) Do you understand? You're an idiot. You're a complete moron. (laughs) I mean, it's like our thought process, the thought process we have is we look at a, we look at something, we go, we're we're completely tunnel vision, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, and then we'll use the word that they use to defeat that argument, Mm. and we don't even know it. Yeah. Oh, it just drives me crazy. Yeah. It's... Well, and then, of course, they vote. Yeah. And then two years later, how did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a clue. I don't know how that happened at all. I have no idea. It's a mystery how it happened. Maybe magic. It is it is maddening because, you know, we're at this point. Um, You know, the back and forth between DeSantis and Haley. I mean, online, it was the assessment was, you know, uh, she sounds like a liberal. Even DeSantis brought that up. You know, she talks. She may be more of a liberal than Gavin Newsom. Um, That might be going a tad too far. Well, I, I, I will say she talks at times. She says things that yeah. are very liberal that sound like they're coming right out of the liberal playbook, you know, but. I don't know. You'd be hard pressed to show me a Republican that hasn't done that. I mean, I I can't go over everything that Ron DeSantis has said, but many I'll say this. Many prominent Republicans have done the same thing, which is why we don't you know, there's not going to be any idolatry here. Um, You know, this this process, the the primary process. Is extremely important. And it's important, you know, because you think about it. Remember in 2012, ah, trying to get some conservative street cred, Mitt Romney brought on Paul Ryan. (laughs) Now, the media in that summer, you know, it was announced, you know, right before the convention, the whole thing. You know, well you know, I mean, it's probably a good move because Mitt Romney is more of a moderate and, of course, Paul Ryan is a concern. And then now, years later, after Paul Ryan, you know, went through what he went through and served as speaker and that whole debacle, everyone looks back and says, wow, how drunk were we? How many empty bottles were laying on the floor after that? You know, it's... It's... I don't know of... I can't tell you what a thorough vetting process is because you can't predict any given person what they're going to do, least of which is Donald Trump. (laughs) But what you can do is you can go through that vetting process in a real way. I, I don't this seems just very early and it's probably because Donald Trump is dominating. There's no way he's not the nominee. There's no way he's not the nominee unless he falls ill or decides to get out of it, in my opinion. I don't see him not being the nominee. And that's a big part of this season running, this primary season running so shallow. You know, um, Chris Christie should have dropped out a long time. Chris Christie should have never been in. You know, Ramaswamy has his own money. He's not going to be in much longer. Well, you think about it. Again, uh, when you say he should have never been in, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's you, when you when you look at that, you say, OK, I, and I understand what you're saying, because he had no yeah. chance of winning. So right. that's why you don't you go in. But he did actually represent. an a part of a small part of Republicans, which is the never Trumpers. OK, when so you actually break it down and look at it. I thought about that with the dynamic of, of Haley in some of the head to head not uh, polls, uh, you know, surging. And then, you know, and, and a couple of those polls showing that she could beat Biden and maybe by even a wider margin than Trump and all of that. And I thought to myself, I thought, it was she the answer for so many who, because I don't think you're wrong on that, um, but was she the answer to a lot of those never Trumpers and, <laughs> and independents who were looking at that going, we need another choice. We want another choice. We want a more, I don't know, a more moderate. I don't know, whatever they're looking for. And is that what really happened? Those numbers just kind of everything went to her. Yeah. She was the better choice. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that coming up here. 86690, red eye.
2: This report is brought to you by Rotella. with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hot Shot Secret, the country's number one fastest growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are US standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like Cetane number, lubricity, aka wear protection, deposit control, but oftentimes the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel's Cetane number. In most states, the minimum of Cetane number across the nation is between 42 and 45, and most modern engines are built and tuned to operate with the best Cetane number closer to 50. If your truck has a low Cetane rate of diesel, You'll often be able to tell. Cetane improves starting in the cold. Fuel does not burn as efficiently, which means more soot output, less power, and lower fuel economy. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep Cetane numbers up. To keep the engine operating at its best while hoping with cold starts, fuel economy, and DPF regeneration cycles. At Hotshot Secret EDT Plus Winter Defense, a 7 in 1 anti gel fuel booster at every fill up to keep cetane numbers in a premium range while also protecting you from gelling. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secrets EDT Plus Winter Defense at hotshotsecret.com.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
0: It's Red Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Um, we'll get into more in-depth discussion on it, but I just I was just uh, thinking, and uh, it's Thursday, so top of the head Thursday, top of the head Thursday, <laughs> top of the mind after Thursday. walkout Wednesday, right? <laughs> and and I started thinking with with Trump, as we know, there's a tremendous amount of passion that people have and a tremendous amount of emotion that people have for Trump,
4: right? Yeah, yeah we all know that. Yeah.
0: Desantis, his supporters, there's a tremendous amount. Of passion for DeSantis from his supporters. Yes, sure. Saying, "Look, this based is... based on real things, right?" I think. And well, for DeSantis, it's based on the fact that look, this is a governor who got things done, right? He just doesn't talk, right? He talks, he talks good, but he got things done, and so there's a passion uh, for that. Ramaswamy, yeah. uh, Ramaswamy, I think it's because Ramaswamy actually got out there and was able to, not always, right, yeah, but. He did it. He he succeeded more than he did not succeed. Yeah, more often than and not. More often than not, he would destroy the liberal argument and throw it right back in their face, which right. is what we've talked about. He communicated effectively without hesitation, without yeah, with passion, great point. yes, with passion, but also but, I think with the sensibility that is, I think uh, for a lot of the liberal media today, they were listening to him, going, "Wow, he sounds like one of us," but the ideas that he's proposing are not the same they didn't know how to compartmentalize it so there's a tremendous amount of passion for all of them i'll tell you the one the one candidate nikki haley i haven't met one person i haven't met one person or got one email or got anything from any republican who is passionate about nikki haley that's a great point do we have to go to new hampshire to find them That may be the only state that has any. I don't know. Fine, I, that's, I'm no, not. A, but it's a good point. I, I, though. It's a. I'm not. It's. It's not. It again.
1: And open 90 Red Eye Red Eye Radio, and he is Eric Hurley, and I'm
0: Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want. If you can't listen live overnight, on one of our great radio stations. Uh, yeah. So uh, again, it was an observation. I just I was thinking about that yesterday, and I thought to myself, I went, "Wow." With Trump, obviously, there's incredible passion still for yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, not as much as there there was when he ran first in 2016, but still there's incredible passion for him for DeSantis, for the people that support him. There's passion for Ramaswamy. There's passion for the people that support him. I don't know the people that support Nikki Haley. I do. I do. not. I have not seen that. I've got email and, you know, and you know, messages and everything on, on Christie. Now, Christy, there's a lot of passion for Christy, but it's all negative. <laughs> yeah, but I might, but, I might be a part of that. But Trump, Desantis, mm-hmm. and Ramaswamy yeah, have always yeah. got. I've always gotten passionate emails. You're like, okay, uh, uh, and and the specific things that we mentioned before are why. Yeah, Nikki yeah. Haley. I've not, I've never received one email, one message, one anything, right. where somebody said, "Doggone it, that Nikki Haley, she's the one." Right. And here's why. Yeah. And then you see that, you know, she skyrockets, you're like, okay, well, it's independents that are jumping on board. It's mm-hmm. really not Republicans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can sit there and you can say, uh, you know, you uh you know, what is it about, you know, Nikki Haley? Is it the fact that independents believe she'll be more liberal on abortion? Mm-hmm. You know, think about that, too. Trump also brought that up yesterday. He said uh, the reason that uh, people don't like uh, DeSantis is because his stance on abortion. That basically it's too strict. Trump has been indicating he wants to be much softer on the pro-life side. And DeSantis kind of retaliated with that, saying, you know, Trump needs to answer for, I saw this on the DeSantis page on X, uh, needs to answer for his, uh, differing opinions or changing views on abortion, uh, something to that effect. And and so is it the is the Nikki Haley thing? I mean, is it you know when you're talking about uh, independence because that's where that's where she started moving up even in the oh, polls yeah. for Republicans yeah. when the when the polls came out of how, who would do better against Biden. The, so the, then you had independence and and maybe Democrats who were dissatisfied with Biden right. jump on board and go, okay you know, she would be the best, she would be the best option. Well, and, and we broke it down the night that first poll came out. We said, okay, this could be a total outlier, but let's, let's look at the breakdown. And when we were done analyzing it, there was no way that wasn't independence in a big way moving that. Right. And so that's what it turns out to be. Now the question is, then it gets down to, okay, What do the independents do when she's not the nominee? And that's what it comes down to. You know, um, tonight I saw it, you know, because the 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 the, uh, some of the uh, coverage of the Trump town hall. Was based on him saying he knows who his veep is going to be. But he, he just can't mention the name. And I thought, well, he—he he, either he's asked that person and they've said yes already, or he needs to change the, the words to I know who I'm going to ask. Um, but it's quite possible he's asked someone and they're already on board, whoever that might be. Everyone is, you know, a lot of people point to Nikki Haley. And if there is the strategy that we want Nikki Haley to bring on the independence in a way that they think Trump can't. And that would be the Trump campaign, by the way, doing that. Um, if they believe that she would bring independence that he's unable to convince, you know, that's one strategy. I don't know that I see that happening. And it, everything is totally up in the air. It's, it's like we're on this huge trampoline and we're all on the up jump, where we're 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 just kind of suspended in midair, and I don't know how long this thing goes. I don't know who's going to be on the trampoline tomorrow. I don't know where this thing you know ends up, um, because there is nothing traditional that you can really apply no, here this, necessarily. No, this election is unlike you know you you can say that every election is different, and of course it is because there's different personalities, mm-hmm. but we've never in modern American political history had the variables that exist in no, in no. in this election right no, now. No. And, not even and, close. No. Uh and, and so that's what that's what makes it I think uh extremely interesting to people because there's a there's a great wonder yeah. you know, what in the world is is going to happen. And you know, stuff happens every day. I mean there were a number of articles yesterday Obama really concerned. No, you got to understand, Obama's really concerned about Trump becoming president. Y'all stop no, talking because Obama's concerned. Do, yeah. do you understand? Obama's really <laughs> yeah. concerned. He's yeah. so concerned that Michelle came out and talked about how concerned she is. Yeah. This and is getting serious, is this everyone. Getting, this is getting, this is getting a serious. Look, they've been enjoying all of their riches that they got from being, that he got from being in public office. And now he decides to speak up because... The country we're going to and by the way that started I, my buddy posted yesterday and it's mm-hmm. you know it's like uh uh it was uh something you know something about the fact that they can't, the democrats he keep, keeps saying he's going to destroy democracy we're not a democracy we're a constitutional republic i'm like guys don't use that argument that's not the best argument to use mm. yeah because yeah, because we know, we are not a direct democracy we all know that but a constitutional republic falls under the umbrella the general umbrella of what a democracy is but right. i mean it's like let's make sure that we argue let's argue the right points well Let, let's argue the right points of people there are, I, I thought about this yesterday uh, actually i've been thinking about it here lately kind of since the um, beginning of the year, thinking that there are too many rabbit holes we spend too much energy on. And and not that it's not important, it's just that it's not part of the conversation right now. You know, right now the focus should be on, you know, changing hearts and minds. And that's how you yeah. win elections. And, of course, that falls on the candidates, that falls on the parties. Uh, for us, that falls on the GOP, uh, who has tripped over their own feet, far too many times and, and keeps doing it repeatedly. In fact, um, and you know, you, so those, those rabbit holes, you know, leave them for another day, leave them for the day you're having a beer, the election, what's going on right now. Um, and and I really believe this we are at a crossroads. We are running out of time to turn this thing around. On the national debt, on the broken border, on the radicals, and putting our foot down saying, you don't get to run the place on all of these right. items, on the economy, on inflation, on everything. Because, you know, they started using that, you know, well, this is the new normal right after the recession, 2008, 2009. Well, this will be the new normal, new normal. No, only if we let it be. We're capable of all these things when it comes to energy, um, when it comes to, you know, um, uh, outlawing everything, including dishwashers and and, uh, you know, refrigerators and everything else. I was shopping for incandescent bulbs the other day and it was like, you know, it was like, what the hell are we doing? You know, we've we've totally got away from the freedom thing and it's because people are. Of that mindset, which is a socialist mindset, well, you don't need that. Well, you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't, I'll decide what I need. I'll decide what I want, and sometimes I'll get it just because I want it. And so we're at this point now where if, you know, if there's ever been a point where we need to stop laying down it's this election cycle, and I don't know how many more we have well, left. But you, you if know, it doesn't go the way no, that you, it needs to go, you make a great point because I hear this more. Uh, I hear this opinion more from Republicans than any other opinion. You know, they they would love Trump to win and succeed. They don't know that if he wins, whether he will succeed as president in a second term, right? Because of everything right. around it, that's the right. one major. Right. That's the one major concern right? That, for, when you talk about Trump, mm-hmm. which then you say, OK, who if you know you you but you're going to vote for Trump. Yeah, because because of everything that's gone on, because of the two tier system of justice, because you don't hear a lot of people talking about Trump as to the specific things that he wishes to do. Right. For example, nobody talks about the fact that Trump, you know, has come out and said, well, look, we're we're going to uh you know we're we're going to subsidize ethanol because that's how I'll get elected. Nobody touches that one. Right. Mm-hmm. That helps me get elected because I'll buy the farmers with your taxpayer dollars. People really don't talk about that, do they? Right. You know, there's not a lot of discussion on, you know, what Trump would do in a second term except the border. You know, he said yesterday the deportations will go up massively. Uh, you know, if he becomes uh, uh, president, mm-hmm. uh, and pro- under DeSantis, most Republicans believe the same thing. Under Ramaswamy, the same thing. Nikki Haley, nobody has any idea. I don't have any idea. You don't have actually, any idea. It's what, wide open. Right, I have it, no idea. It, it's 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 wide open. So that you know, that's under what her I, Disney may move. That's <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, know, that I was. Mean, but see, that that's was the, the point. Th- those are the kind of things that you say. The Nikki Haley said that are so self-destructive to your campaign when you sat there and said, well, we'll take Disney in South Carolina. Then you just don't get it. You don't, you don't get don't, it at you all. Don't, you don't get it at you know at all. So, you know, uh, there is a Republicans in general have a great sense of fairness and they believe that Trump has been screwed over, which he was in his first term. Mm-hmm. Russia collusion yeah. completely destroyed yeah. his his uh, uh, his term. People want him to to have a second chance, but if he gets a second chance, what they're worried about is he can't get anything done because that's not his goal Mm. to get everything. That may not be his goal to get everything done because there's so many sideshows that will be going on still at that particular point, which we saw even in the first term. Mm -hmm. And so they like DeSantis. They know DeSantis has a record. They believe that a DeSantis kind of person – you know when you know when when Trump attacks DeSantis, even the Trump supporters don't buy it. It doesn't go very far. Yeah, it doesn't buy. You know when you say well, he's uh, what was one of the things what we talked about one time that he said, and we said that nobody buys that about right. DeSantis. Yeah. yeah, DeSantis is a solid uh, Republican conservative who's had a great success in the state of Florida. Right. In a time when, uh, you know, in a time where you you actually look at it. He is really the first politician that succeeded in really attacking the wokeness and the cultural issues officially and a, bu- and, and officially and the, and a bunch yeah. of other issues. Yeah. So there's a great deal of respect for him. Right. But people feel that Trump was screwed over and they, yeah. see, they want to they, see, they would like for him to do it. And then with the two-tier system of justice, they feel the only way to fight back. Because there is that thing that if Trump is convicted and goes to jail, uh, that the Democrats win, because yeah, if the Democrats right, can yeah. do that, then the Democrats can put any Republican in jail. Right yeah. now, that's not a small thing. I'm not no, discounting that at no, all. That's a huge a, thing. That's a huge thing, and that seem that to me is what truly is driving the the entire Trump thing. That protecting Trump is actually protecting Republicans in the future. Well, and that's it. You know, and and I look at it too. A couple of things. I'm, I'm curious, we need to get our friend Scott Rasmussen on this, where people think, you know, do they think the economy would do better under Trump? Yes. Uh, on the left or right? Yes. You know? Yes, they do. I, 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 polls, I, polls, I believe yes. they do. I poll, would love yes. to see the breakdown of even there was something, There was something in the last, well, okay, I haven't seen it, I've just seen in general, but there was a poll that was done where they specifically got into it and it was overwhelming Trump. Well, now, and, I don't know and if they I broke remember, down Democrats. I remember that poll, but. But the if you break it down to people only in the center and only on the left, I would love to see that. Do you, assuming they would tell a pollster the truth about it, because there's no way you look at. Remember, there was the poll last year, a couple of months ago, that showed. Well, no, they most people believe that the Republicans do better with the economy, you know. And so, you know, those are those are things that are not small. But it will be interesting to see. Um, how you gain that confidence going forward because as of now i think he's as good as the presumptive nominee donald trump 866 90 red eye
1: lines open for your calls 866 90 red eye on red eye radio
2: afford anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls how to refine your mental models and how to think about
0: It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Really interesting, though. No, but I, yeah, but that, I was thinking about that yesterday. I went, wow. You know, you can find obviously the passion for that that Republicans have for Trump, but there's also passion for you know it's a smaller number of Republicans, but still the yeah. passion's out there for somebody like DeSantis and was out sure. there for Ramaswamy. Yeah. From Republicans, I just don't see it at all with Nikki Haley. Yeah. I don't know where just, that is. I just don't. I mean, I, you've seen it. Like I said, she started moving up in the polls when the polls showed in the general election she would do much better. And then I think yeah. Republicans went, well, we need we need the win. And right. there's, of course, the Republicans out there going, I don't care who wins, just get me the win. Right. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody but Biden. But Biden or any Democrat. Right, yeah.
4: Top of the
0: hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com.
1: This is Red Eye Radio is Red Eye Radio.
0: All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. How you doing? I can't believe we're to a Thursday. This week has just flown by. It really yeah. has, and, and I don't ahead. know, I, I think with so many things going on, and also here, we're on uh, our winter weather. We're going to get our four days of winter uh, in and out yeah. here in Texas uh, and then over the week long weekend. It's been, ex- so, it's been expanded a little bit, the below freezing. Yeah. Now gonna, it's going to start Saturday sometime right, yeah. where we'll go below freezing. We don't come out of it till probably Wednesday morning. Right. So that's yeah. a pretty long streak. Now, uh, they uh, they had temperatures as low as 7 degrees. Now it's like 11 and 13 yeah, degrees. Yeah, I saw that. Though. They, they, they yeah, ramped it back up, which means it's going to be around 7 degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've got yeah. my... I've got my garden tools out to break the ice uh, on the uh, on the moat. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I got right. to break. I didn't think about that. Yeah, now, now, some, now, now, some. Now I did learn a lot from Frizola. Yeah, right. Because I remember, because in Texas, for people that don't know, you you do not. Well, you can, but most people don't. Sh- they don't close their pool for the season. Right. You just right. keep the pool open, and you you don't have to run it as much. And I yeah. have a saltwater pools, so there's a Chlorine generator and, and all that, but uh, for the first until uh, I moved into my house in two thousand seven, so that was twenty one uh, where that happened. So fourteen years I was in my house, mm-hmm. and if there was winter weather, I just kept the system running. I didn't do anything because the water was just you know it's got the freeze uh, freeze me- anti freeze mechanism, which just circulates the water and continues to circulate the water, and then nothing happens. Right. Well, in free solar, when the when the grid went down. Uh, everything was destroyed i mean my my i had to get a new i had to get a new pump i had to get new valves i mean everything was just bl- you know uh, blown apart and right. so um that was as i always joke that was $4000 and what's my deductible on my property insurance $4000 $4000 yeah. <laughs> and and so to not have that happen mm. mm-hmm. all i would have had to do is every time it gets cold Simply go and there's like just two screws, mm-hmm. drain screws in the housing of the pump. Just you know unscrew them, the water comes out, mm-hmm. and then in the filter compartment, uh, you know just uh, there's a drain at the bottom. Just turn that drain and let it drain out. Yeah, and then uh, my chlorine generator, I remove. You just there's uh, two basically plastic kind of you know screws on the the pvc piping mm-hmm. and you just unscrew that and you take that out and then you just make sure that you put duct tape over the holes so no rodents get in there mm-hmm. yeah you're draining the <laughs> yeah. lines you're so dra- they won't be filled with water right and you yeah. drain the lines and you, you give yeah. it about a day just for the valves in case there's a little bit of water it can evaporate so yeah uh probably about noon tomorrow i will shut i will turn off the pool yeah i'll run it i'll start in the morning when i get home and then uh and then run it uh At that point, I got chlorine and everything in it, and it can go. As I said the other day, I went, last time, the pool was, it shut off. I mean, it was done like February 17th, Mm -hmm. and I didn't get it back. I didn't get the pump, because every pool went in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Well, okay, almost every pool. I don't know. Del Rio got, uh, what, 11 inches of snow in that storm system? So it could have been been most of them. And and so there was such a demand there was you couldn't get anything You just yeah. couldn't get anything yeah. and yeah. I end up getting a lot of stuff on my own my on oldest the daughter internet works for a supplier, and for oh. uh, it's it's for commercial plumbers basically which includes pools and everything else uh, not too far from here huge warehouse and she said it was bonkers and we were watching everything I mean and and because it falls in that same category plumbing and so. Then it had to be with plumbers, especially, unless you only specialized in pools, which many do. But we were watching people in these apartments downtown in Victory Plaza where, uh, you know, the American Airlines Center is and everything else. Um, They had, as those pipes started to thaw, they just burst Yeah, just running down. This one guy had this massive TV, and there's just water, just a steady stream of water just going over that television and then down to the floor below and so on and so on and so yeah. on it was crazy uh so uh then, then the problem I had is I'd call all these pool places to do it nobody could do it right you know they just said we we can't get the parts we can't right. get the parts so I said if I can get the parts will you do it most said well well we don't know yeah and I said yeah. and I actually told I actually told, what if I get the parts? And whatever the markup is, you can include that in the labor. Yeah, I'll pay you a premium on the labor. So I'll I'll pay. The premium on the labor will be the markup you would get on the equipment you're selling me. If you get me the pool. And most of them still said no. Only one. Mm. Only one said yes. Mm. And so I ended up getting everything myself. (laughs) And then they came out and they did it. And I said, well, because you did it and I still just because of everything I haven't got it done but I said when I do the big work on my pool which is going to be this year you get it yeah right you know yeah. you you get you get the job because you came out and you you know you you did it so but um this will be from what this is from memory though this will be the second coldest since I've been here yeah they're because saying it record temps um and I don't know record temps for the winter or record temps for these this yeah, for the part of winter days, um, uh, those particular dates, um. But yeah, this is um, Frizola was one was yeah. number was number one, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. because I mean nothing was close. I mean I'd never had my pool freeze over. I mean if we get down and to fifteen or sixteen at night, we that's had, a big deal. And that was probably about twelve years ago, thirteen years ago. I remember you know, because it, I was concerned about the pool at that point because mm-hmm. that was like I had a thin layer of uh, ice on my pond and a very thin layer started from the you know, outside of the pool going in, mm-hmm. you know, but last mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. you know, last year, the or uh, in 21 when that happened, my pool was there. It must have been six eight inches of of ice. I couldn't break it up anymore. I wow. just yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I thought that was the thing you you said come out and inspect the pool it's like i'm screwed you know it had a, it had a crack the tile or the something, gunite yeah. or something or the yeah. plaster it had right. to and it didn't do it and they right. said because i have a kidney shaped pool they said if you got a square pool you're screwed mm-hmm. but if yeah. it's kidney oh, shaped yeah that makes sense it just uh, it pushes around it yeah. pushes it pushes ar- around so it's okay. like oh okay so i had no damage there but yeah. this isn't going to be this isn't going to be as bad it's not going to be as no. long and uh, it won't be as bad. It looks like precipitation isn't going to be much at all. So, at, at least well, where back, we stand right now, they're back to over forty percent. Oh, are they? Or, yeah, did they updated again. But it's but it's a wintry mix. It's not going to be okay. It's not going to be. They were talking the freezing rain and stuff like that. Well, before. Uh, the wintry mix that one of the local news channels was talking about, I don't know, uh, a few hours ago, said snow and and freezing rain. So. Or ice, yeah. Um, yeah. So, ice is what gets us every time. You know, I've joked that here in in North Texas, someone spills a large cup of ice at Sonic, we close the schools. We can't handle the ice, and you know, we just don't have the equipment for for the ice. Um, it's especially dangerous anywhere you go. We just don't have the the equipment to. To really say it, the, the of accumulation is supposed to be negligible, though. Okay, which is which is really good. Which means we'll close everything for nine days, well, instead I'm, of fourteen. I, I'm I'm looking. Let's <laughs> let's go. Let's go straight to Iowa and see yeah. what they're. Oh my gosh, what uh, what they're looking at in? Uh, Did you see where Ramaswamy got stranded in a, a snow ditch the other night? No, he made a campaign stop. He he put it on uh, X, and uh, some locals came by and helped them get out of the ditch. And it was a long drive home. It was snowing uh there of course um i think pretty much i think it's against the law for it not to snow in iowa in january i, I could be wrong on look, that. look at this this is De- 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 and i say des moines cause that's where the you know the caucuses yeah. they take place across the state but yeah. all the action and all the media is uh is in uh, is in iowa mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here it is okay it starts saturday the high saturday in des moines five degrees oh man all right that's the high Oof. the uh hang on one second here this it's moving all over the place here. Five is the high. And uh you have where'd it go here? Hang on. Five is the high minus fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. As the the low for for Saturday. Sunday minus seven degrees is the high, minus eighteen degrees is the low. Monday. Minus 3 degrees is the high. Minus 16 degrees is the low in Des Moines. And then Tuesday, it starts. Then Tuesday, the warm front moves in. Minus 1 as the high. No. Minus 8 as the low. Back to swimming. And then Wednesday, 16 as the high. 6 as the low. Any and then- precipitation uh, in those days or... In Des Moines, uh, actually, you know, you've got, you know, because it's it's still winter up there. Uh, for example, it's twenty two and sixteen today, mostly cloudy. Friday, snow and wind, eighty five percent chance of of uh, snow. Hmm. Um, then uh, and then Saturday, fifteen percent. Sunday, four percent. Tuesday, four percent. Wednesday, twelve percent. Yeah, but I just say that because I, when I went, it's it's I have such great memories. When I went to the Iowa caucuses in 2004 to cover mm, it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have such great memories of uh I of love that. Iowa. I, was, I, I go in the summer for the Walcott uh, Truck Show at the Iowa 80 every year and have been for over a quarter of a century now. And I love mm-hmm. Iowa. I've never been there, though, in the winter, ever. Uh, it uh, It was... <laughs> Because it was, you know, you you see temperatures like this. I mean, yeah. it, the temperatures, yeah. and then it was like about one minus two. I was dressed like an Eskimo, yeah. And I had to walk. I had to walk from my hotel and then walk across the river to where everything was, where the media out centers were and everything else. But I did. Now, did I rent? Did I? I must have rented a car hmm. because I do. Now, why did I take it? But I, all I remember is I I was able to go. Uh, and it was uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, John Kerry was running at the time and everything no, else. Yeah, and so yeah. I was able to go in the war rooms in the because de- this was the Democrat. Right. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, right. And so I worked for and, and nobody knew that I was a conservative talk show because back then it was ABC. Right. We were we were with ABC. So you had the ABC logo on and yeah. everyone thought, oh, yeah, he's every- friendly. Bring him in. Yeah. Everything was <laughs> ABC. So they let me they let me uh, everywhere. The one thing that I always remember, though, and and it was like. These were storefronts downtown that would basically be, they were vacant and they would take over and you'd go, you go in there and, you know, there's a front, you know, just a front, you know, you know, front, but it, it almost looked like, um, some of the storefronts reminded me of, um. Of uh uh you know if it, on the Warner lot where they have like an office or a store and you're like yeah, that's right. not really a store yeah right you know, yeah. but it was nothing fancy and you go back and there's all these they're all volunteers mm-hmm. and they're all on making calls to every Democrat and when you see that you're actually pretty impressed by the opera and the same thing goes on with Republicans right. but you're pretty impressed by the operation but what I always remember is going into John Edwards' headquarters oh, yeah it was all young women well. It was all I wonder why that I mean was. it wasn't all but I mean you would if it if, if you went into John Kerry it was a higher you, ratio if you went into John Kerry was everybody over 60 and then you went into John Edwards and it was probably uh 70 30 women young yeah you know and, and the and you when you walk in you go wow what a difference in the vol in in the volunteers but uh mm. it was it was mm. overall a, a a great uh experience. Uh, it's when I met. Uh, it's when uh, what's his name did the, woo? Oh yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. And and I was at the, I was in the bar, and I was talking to, oh, uh, oh Jesus, I, I can't remember who I was. I was talking to the, I was trying to get interviews with with uh, with people because mm-hmm. I was. You know, I did my local talk show back then, but I was also feeding everybody. The news department wanted, you know, you go there as a talk show host, but they they want audio for the news department, so you're trying to get every type of interview that you possibly can. And, um, oh, Al, I was with the Al Sharpton people. Yeah. Yeah. And Howard Dean is who we were thinking of. Yeah, Howard Dean. Uh, I was yeah. with the Al Sharpton people when it happened. <laughs> And nobody, there was nothing. Everybody saw it and there was a little bit of laughter, but there was nothing. I woke up the next morning and Howard Dean was done. He was toast. No, it's. And and I'm like, I was in the middle of. Cause you weren't on the show yet. You were doing. I I was doing my local show, yeah, at WBAP. And we went on at midnight that night and it was like, oh, that sounded kind of odd. And then all of a sudden, you know, we get off the air, go home and by the end of morning shows it's over by the way on <laughs> on Wikipedia they call it Howard Dean's I have a scream speech <laughs> oh man yeah but no i, I was with probably 5 600 the bar was mobbed yeah and uh they just you know nobody really reacted when i woke up the next morning and it was it was it was the number one item out there i was pretty shocked because yeah. Yeah, I, remember, was, I remember, I remember doing interviews that morning, saying I'm shocked by this because I was sitting with right. you know because it was Democrats that were reacting to this right. that you know and basically he went downhill from that point and I was I remember I was like blown away going I was sitting in the room with in the bar with 500, 600 Democrats yeah how does that happen and and the TVs were real loud and it was like a little bit of laughter but nothing at all yeah right and then boom yeah eight six six ninety red eye brought to you by fppf fuel power max
2: owner operators with authority generally have two options when it comes to sourcing freight brokers on the spot market or directly from the source the shipper as any trucker with relatively recent experience with spot freight knows the highs of working the load boards can be really high on the other side of that coin however when the market flips in favor of shippers it can be tough to keep your business afloat working with brokers The smallest carriers with direct customers, however, can hang on through tough times or even prosper as long as demand for their customer's product remains at least somewhat stable. Owner-operators in it for the long haul make direct business with customers a principal goal. Owner-operator business 101 is provided by Overdrive's Partners in Business program. Go to overdriveonline.com to the Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on this and many other topics. Brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: Yeah, try that radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, we we're just talking about the Iowa caucuses <laughs> that I was at back in uh, 2004. Yeah, the thing about Howard Dean, he came in third place. Yeah. But the fact is he started surging that week. One of the things is, uh, remember uh, Senator Tom Harkin, the week before, endorsed him. Kara Carol, Carol Mosley-Braun, then she dropped out and she endorsed him. So there was actually like momentum his way. So even though he came in third place, there was a lot of momentum, which uh, got him apparently excited. Yeah, and and you wonder because that to me is still one of the great mysteries from being there, from being there and seeing the the uh, I have a scream <laughs> <laughs> speech uh, speech of Howard yeah. Dean, and and you know being like I said, and the thing is when you're when you're there when you're at the bar. Because they're everybody's at the t- looking for the results on the TV, right? Yeah, and it's all. I mean, you had John Kerry, people, John Edwards, Howard Dean, Richard Gephardt, Dennis Kucinich, Wesley Clark. Remember Wesley yeah. Clark? Yep. That was that was the beginning of the Democrats saying, "Oh, we need to moderate. We need to yeah. moderate in right. here. Yeah. Uh, get yeah. Wesley Clark, yeah, uh, uh, in here." But and and more, and then Sharpton's people were there. Sharpton was there, and mm-hmm. and and so you've you've got. You know, there's and there's a lot of people that don't like each other. You cuz oh, you get yeah. in there, yeah. I mean, it's sort yeah. of like yeah. you see some of the people in the, you know, DeSantis or Trump campaign when they start right. going after each other, it's vicious even though they all basically have the same opinion of where they want the country to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that was one of the great mysteries. One yeah. of the great mysteries of voice modulation gone wrong. Really. Need to pay, pay attention to that. Yeah. I guess.
1: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios.
0: And he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our app today, our Red Eye Radio app. Listen when and where you uh, choose.
4: Uh, Thank you. If you,
0: you know. case you can't be doing what you're supposed to be doing which is not getting any sleep and listening to us overnight don't forget uh red eye radio plus launches february 1st everybody else has a plus so we're just going to throw that in and we're going to give you less content and ask you to pay money for it because that seems to be the thing right of course it's a joke it's free as so, it should so yeah, I brought up the the uh, 2004 Iowa caucuses because it was cold. I mean, it was so cold. Yeah, and in the downtown uh, yeah, area, yeah. you know, they have the uh, the bridge walks mm-hmm. between buildings. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, now I know why they have. Now them. you know, yeah, <laughs> you don't want to. Well, but those it, are hardy people, man. Oh, I'm telling you. I mean, it's. I mean, I know you're from Buffalo. I <sighs> mean, it's look. Um, then we talked about. The well, blizzard of seventy seven yeah, but, but what people don't understand about Buffalo is you get most of the snow falls south of Buffalo. Right. Yeah. So the northern suburbs Well remember that one storm a few years ago that was like what nine inches just a few miles south of where your dad lives and you know where your dad was, it wasn't much. You at had all. you had about at the airport about six inches. Yeah. And uh about trying to think when my buddy used to my buddy Jeff lived. Uh probably by the way, the crow flies six miles away, eighty inches of snow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. And but 80, but the temperature you, in you, terms of like bitter cold. How no, often do you see that? You don't Buffalo. see a lot of bitter cold because of the, the for, lake? for the most part Lake Erie. Okay. Now, now again, you get the, the, the uh, lake effect snow, the mm. cold air moving over the warm water. Right. You're gonna get killed. But most of that, normally the wind is more south. Yeah, where they where they play football. <laughs> well, a- yeah. actually, in, when when you look at it now, when when that one hit that my buddy Jeff got hit with the like eighty ninety inches of snow, whatever it was there, mm-hmm. he does not live. The snow belt did move further north, right? And okay. so they will when you see when there's lake effect snow and they do the twenty four hour. They go okay. Then wind moves north and the lake effect moves, and that's what happened last year at Christmas time mm. mm. the the lake effect moved north and yeah. everybody got killed. Now right. south of Buffalo, they love the fact that they're in the snow belt because that's where then the Boston Hills start and then the Allegheny uh I'll call it the Allegheny Hills, the Allegheny Mountains. Not mountains like you have Rockies, but they you know it's the that's what we refer to them as but you get down to like uh 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 let me see it would be uh, South of Holland, New York, and and, uh, uh, and Ellicottville and things like that, The ski resorts yeah. and beautiful little mm-hmm. places. I mean, it's yeah. beautiful ski resorts. I have a resorts. friend who is a, a tour guide up there in that area, has been for years, from Texas, actually, and married uh, his, his wife is from New York State, and mm-hmm. that's where they live. Uh, in Ellicottville? Uh, no, they live, well, in that oh. area. Oh, okay, so- south of Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. he's... And he's written yeah. about in the ski resort area, uh, in the winter. And then he is, uh, where does he go in the summer? The Adirondacks or somewhere else that he works in the summer, but he's basically a tour guide for hire. I think now, um, for last week, Lake Erie still hadn't frozen. It was like 44 degrees, which yeah. is warm for Lake Erie. Normally right. it freezes by the end of December. Yeah. And uh, and you you can still get the 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 cold weather, but right now the lake isn't frozen, mm. which is part of the reason they're worried about the lake effect snow for the the Bills game. But the temperature there is going to be you know 18, 19, 20. and you think about it, and you go, yeah, but look at look at Des Moines, look at Kansas City, you know, yeah. for the for the uh, for the Peacock game on Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I just love yeah, it. I love it. Doggone it! I will say this though there is a very, very quickly just off the topic for a moment there is a point that people make mm. that has some legitimacy to it and that's cuz I look at it and I go look they're they're private they can do what they want sure except for the fact that we the taxpayer builds so many of their factories uh, that industry yeah. the NFL the foot, you know football all these players would you'd still have the NFL if taxpayer money wasn't involved in it Right. But the taxpayer money subsidizes millionaires and everybody, even Democrats, <laughs> go yes, yes, yes. And think about the Buffalo Bills, for example. Right. Not only do the you know and and you know and, and they will get if something like that if the the peacock game for uh, you know if if they couldn't watch it or something like that. I mean, and a lot of my. A lot of my uh Bill's buddies are just furious that they can't watch a Kansas City game right. because they don't have Peacock and like, right. we need to boycott. This is unfair. Taxpayer money goes in to build all these uh you stadiums know stadiums. And everything. Well then then you need to sign a contract. You need to put that in that if you're gonna build a stadium then With taxpayer money. Then then all games must be on regular TV where you don't have to pay for it. Otherwise you don't have an argument. Mm. But just think about this that that uh, Democrats who go crazy, absolutely crazy about subsidizing, you know, not taxing millionaires. And if mm-hmm. you don't tax them, they call that subsidizing. Right. But if you play a game where you tackle somebody and throw a ball, uh-huh. let's ensure that these people even make more millions because we'll subsidize their place of work with our taxpayer dollars, right? And in the case of Buffalo, mm. when Ralph Wilson died, who bought it? An Terry Oil Producer. Terry and Kim Pagula, Natural Gas and Oil Producer. Yeah, how dare they? And there wasn't a peep. Nobody in New York said. Doggone it, we can't be subsidizing somebody who's worth billions of dollars and has made all of his money in fossil fuels. You haven't heard any of that at all from the liberals up there. Well, I could see the liberals looking at it going, listen, they're killing the pan- the planet, but then the other liberals in the room going, yeah, but their punishment is that they own the bills. So we don't need to move on that one. you know i'll never by the way they are very successful voters oh no 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 and and, and, i I don't i mean it's you have pointed out how many bills bars there are i don't look for the cowboys bars when i travel outside of texas i don't know if they exist they might they're everywhere in texas i think in fact i think it's the the law every city has to have 14 or something Official Dallas Cowboys bars. I don't look for them when I travel outside of our area, but I have two friends, longtime friends, you and another radio friend of mine, uh, who works for the Allen Hockey Team. By the way, mm-hmm. um, uh, and Allen, Texas. Allen, Texas, and um, the uh, he is a diehard. You guys are both from Buffalo, diehard Buffalo fans, of course. And uh, so that's you know something that that I've learned over the years is you know how many diehard fans they have, and the Pagulas, you know, clearly, uh, I think have done uh, you know just from afar, they've they've done a pretty good job. Yeah, I think yeah I, yeah, I think they've done a, they've done a pretty good job. in I, yeah. I think as as uh, as owners, if I ever talked to, do you they hear, get the criticism that a Jerry Jones does? I mean, a lot of us no, are not no, happy because, with... no, because no, because the the difference is and. and you know, and I try to explain it to Buffalo, you know, people. I tell them, I go, well, you have to understand, you know, now right now, Jerry Jones is quite popular because they're doing all right. But there's yeah, great right. concern yeah. that the the Cowboys either win big or lose big. Lose big, right. You know, and so, yeah, right. but no, there's always an underlying current that, my God, we may never get back to the promised land again because our general manager is the owner and you can't have that. Yeah. You yeah, need to right, be able yes, to you need right. to be able to change. That's it the because biggest concern. That's that's the biggest concern. That's, that's and, and, the biggest concern. Really, yeah. the only concern that I have. Well, you know what I think is crazy because you and I talk about the price of sports tickets. Mm. Well, you know, at the Miami, and I don't know what if they officially figured it out, but you know, they they monitored all the you know the ticket outlets that were selling it. Yeah. And uh, according to those those there were more people down in Miami that were Bills fans than Miami fans for that game for that it game. was a huge game wow. and the mafia as they call it the bills mafia is yeah. just insane yeah. these people go they did it uh, the the uh, the giants game last year yeah yeah i thought it was a home game the chargers game that was on peacock that game I, and i just caught a couple of minutes of it um but i was like where are these games being played it sounded like a home game right they tr- i yeah. mean now it, the i you know i've been a fan since you know 65, 64, 65. I barely remember 64. I do remember the 65 championship game, the American Football League, and then the first year of the Super Bowl, they lost to Kansas City and didn't Mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we used to go to games and it was three bucks. I, I, you know, I I was telling my dad the other day, I said, they're building the new stadium for the Bills going from 72,000 to 60,000. Fans don't matter anymore. It's TV. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have seat licenses, not like Dallas, but they're Mm going to have like, Uh, start at a thousand and probably go to ten thousand. You know, Ford. But they're they're. It's about tell. It's about getting as much as you can. Supply and demand. Making the supply very low. The demand is high. People will pay more. But I'm telling you, people. They. I I would never do what they do. People spend so much money for the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, for the bills. Oh, you know, yeah. I mean traveling. I mean, going to different cities oh, yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you well, that seen... has to be their vacation budget. I mean, that has to be. But they, all their entertainment but, budget. But they're doing it. I I know this this uh, one woman. I know, in fact, I know her from uh, from Facebook. But she had the same teacher that I had, and she hangs around. If you ever watched a Bills game and you see Elvis, mm-hmm. uh, you see him and he's yeah. been there for the longest time. Right, he's got the guitar. They they bring it in and Elvis. His name is John Lang. When I used to work in Buffalo, he called my show a couple of times way, way back when. Right, right, right. And super and fan. Su- yeah, super guy though. I mean, just a, the nicest guy you ever want to see. Very involved as the mafia is in charity raising. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons when everything was going on with Kaepernick yeah. and everything else, I mm-hmm. said, look, I'm still keeping a some close association because they they do such a great job in you know in in raising money. One of the things that the Bills backers, which is all across the country, you know, uh, the bars are. We're Bills fans, but this is our community, and they're always involved all year long in fundraising for where they live.
3: Yeah, and that's yeah. what I love that's about a good thing.
0: That's yeah. what I love. That sure. kind of thing in sports is what I love. Right. I mean, that's right. what bringing people together, uniting people, and even we you talked know, about that during the Kaepernick thing. We did when yes. when yeah. you know when leagues want to go, whether it's the NFL or any of the other you know professional leagues. But really, we're a football nation, as you pointed out many many times. When when you talk about that, there is nothing better than being at a game and sitting with someone who's cheering for the same team and you don't know that person and you're just or seeing a super fan that you don't know. A lot of people probably yeah. don't know personally uh uh Mr. Lang uh or any of the, you know, um uh the 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 crazy ray that we had with the Cowboys uh for many years. Um those kind of those kind of you know, moments you can only really create in that kind of euphoria when yeah. your team is on the field and you're there at that game. And the NFL, I think, lost sight of that. Maybe it's coming back. Well, I can't tell you. But sport, sports teams do a s you know give a sense of community. Remember after nine eleven. I don't know if you remember. I was doing my local yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, after uh, you know at at uh, WBAP and Randy Galloway the well-known great sports writer mm-hmm. uh uh you know great guy mm-hmm. was did the show after me yeah and right. um we had sports a, at
3: 6 we yeah we had
0: it we had a debate yeah and and uh the you know it was the friday after 9/11 9/11 was was a tuesday it was like friday right. it was yeah. like you know the, and the the big debate i think it was like wednesday and thursday well, should we have should the football games take place oh i remember that in texas I and remember I was, and, that. and randy took the no and i said you're absolutely wrong on that absolutely i'm not even from texas you know? yeah, right. and i said, absolutely yeah. what you want is a sense of community and a sense of togetherness absolutely let those friday night lights yeah. shine and they did for yep. the, the they, enemy they... doesn't get to take that yeah don't let them don't let them take that and you know even and my point was local high school football uh for example in the state of Texas you know yeah. friday night lights yeah. i mean it's a thing it's yeah. a cultural oh, it thing it, it is. that that is that really it may exist somewhere else in a in a local community but it doesn't exist statewide anywhere that i've ever been in the united states no. uh, and no, it's a great it's, thing it, it's a great I thing love it? It. i love it I so oh you, you see california may ban tackle football for well, anybody under it 12 well they a committee yeah so far it's got a committee vote to yep. ban Tackle football for those under the age of 12. One headline said minors, but then the article said under uh, the age of 12. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, – it'll, it'll, be, it'll be cold. Yeah. For it a lot is going to be cold. Yes. yes, for a lot yes. of people, yeah. eight six six ninety red
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
0: It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Cronin and I'm Gary McNamara. All I got to say is Hunter Biden. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Forget about we were talking about the NFL and the wild card games. But I don't care what happens. Nothing. It'd be nothing compared to what happened yesterday in, in what Congress. A, what a contrived heaping... Steaming pile of garbage that was. I know what a soup show that I, was. And I and I woke up to that. <laughs> that, was, that was how I woke up. I go, how's going on? All right. <laughs> what is
3: happening right now?
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
0: All across America. And we go other places too. We're Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. It sounds like a joke. Hunter Biden walks in on a hearing (laughs) with a duck under one arm and a pig under the right arm. I mean, it sounds like a joke. When I saw the headline yesterday, you know, and I'm sitting there, and then, you know, the alerts start happening on my phone. I'm like, he did what? He did what? Shows up he he makes a surprise appearance and i thought oh i got to see this and it was exactly what i expected you ready all right what do you got all right here we go okay i mean this is my this this is one of my favorite yeah. you know it, it it went on for a while so you can't play the entire thing but but yeah. you know but uh it this is part of the zoo that we got yesterday when hunter biden uh showed up in the uh, the hearing this is uh the uh, House uh, uh, Committee Oversight Committee, and they're proceeding about whether to hold him in contempt of Congress. And he shows up. Yeah, he shows right. up with his lawyer and yeah, with his lawyers, and sits there. Yeah, looking like a, as you said, a mafia don. It's like he, he thought he was going to do the Godfather <laughs> thing, where he just goes down and sits in the room and looks around. Yeah. yeah, he ended up walking out like Fredo. But exactly, uh, here's here's. <laughs> Here's James Comer introducing (laughs) Representative Mace from South Carolina. chair
5: recognizes Ms. Mace from South Carolina.
6: Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, Chairman Comer. Um, First of all, my first question is who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, Second question, you are the epitome of white privilege coming into the oversight committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and- Mr.
2: Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. (laughs)
6: Chairman- um, If the
0: the gentle lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are Are you afraid
2: of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in
6: here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Did you keep interrupting me?
1: I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady.
6: I think that uh, that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Our nation is founded on the rule of come law, on, come on. and the premise come that on. the law applies equally to everyone, no matter what your last. Point
3: of order, Mr. Chairman. Point um, of it order. It doesn't
6: matter who you are.
3: Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Biggs over, over here. Donald
6: Trump Jr. Biggs over
3: here. State your point, Mr. Biggs. Yeah, my, my point of order is this: Are we going to continue on with with this blatant interruption? It, this this is absurd and inappropriate. I intend to give my statement. I don't intend to have anybody interrupt uh, I'm not going to interrupt your statements. I think you should have decorum and courtesy and don't act like a bunch of nimrods. You just interrupted a woman. And,
5: and that's five, you know.
3: I got, I can got we, permission. Can we to agree? Th- Everyone Mr. has Mr. five Chairman? minutes. Can we agree? Point, point of order again. The assertion. That I interrupted was absolutely false. That's typical of the gentleman who spoke it. I got permission to speak from the chairman. I spoke. I was interrupted yet again by the gentleman who doesn't choose to go through the chair and follow proper order. I encourage us. I, I, I think if we're going to have any respect at all, we need to have proper decorum. Well, well said, well said.
6: I'd like to finish.
3: The rules
5: are everyone's going to be recognized for five minutes. Anyone that wants to be recognized will be recognized for five minutes. Ms. Mace has four minutes and 13 seconds left. Chair recognizes it, Ms. Mace.
6: It does not matter who you are, where you come from, or who your father is, or your last name. Yes, I'm looking at you, Hunter Biden, as I'm speaking to you. You are not above the law at all. The facts in this case are crystal clear. This committee used and issued a lawful subpoena to Hunter Biden, a critical witness in this committee's investigation into Biden family corruption. Hunter Biden and his lawyers did not claim privilege of any kind because clearly he has none. They didn't contest the legitimacy of our reasons for issuing this subpoena. No reasons because they clearly are legitimate. And yet he refused to comply. Uh, Trump's family members, Don Trump Jr., he uh, he did not defy a congressional subpoena. He showed up multiple times for multiple depositions for several hours. Um, In doing so, you know, Hunter Biden broke the law. He did so deliberately, you did so flagrantly. You showed up on the hill on the Senate side the day of that congressional subpoena to defy it and spit in the face of this committee. That's what you did. The question the American people are asking us is, What is Hunter Biden so afraid of? Why can't you show up for a a congressional deposition? You're here for a political stunt. This is just a PR stunt to you. This is just a game that you are playing with the American people. You're playing with the truth. Um, Hunter Biden wasn't afraid to sell access to Joe Biden to the highest bidder when he was in elected office. He wasn't afraid to trade on the Biden brand, peddle influence, and share those ill-gotten gains with members of of his family, including Joe Biden. He wasn't afraid to compromise the integrity of the presidency and vice presidency. By involving Joe Biden in shady business deals with our foreign adversaries. But, Hunter Biden, you were too afraid to show up for a deposition. And you still can't today. Um, I believe that Hunter Biden should be held completely in contempt. I think he should be hauled off to jail right now because it wasn't long ago, too, my friends on the other side of the aisle. Um, that you also believed in the, the power of a congressional subpoena. Not long ago at all, you believed in holding those who refused to comply with congressional subpoena accountable. And I stood with each and every one of you. I am the only member in this room today who has held a member of my own party in contempt of Congress for not showing up for a subpoena and I see nothing but complete hypocrisy on the other side of the aisle. The ranking member of this committee even so eloquently put it, the lesson is please tell your children out there in America if you get a subpoena to go before Congress, go. You have a legal responsibility to do so. So the hypocrisy is stunning. What are we to tell our children today? There's nothing the other side can say with a straight face. As the only member of this committee to vote to hold a member of contempt of my own party, let me be clear: this should not be a partisan issue. If Congress issues a subpoena, you show up. Period.
0: There you go. All right. Now uh, I want to play this other audio cut, and uh, this is uh, Brian Kilmeade on his uh, show, mm. uh, talking to Julian Epstein, uh, who was uh, let me let me just go through. So, we, so uh, he's a Democrat, Julian Epstein. Just so people know, probably don't know. He's uh, an attorney. He served as former chief counsel for the House Judiciary Committee. All right. He's a Democrat. Mm. You know, he's as liberal as you can get. And previously, chief of staff for the House Government Reform Committee. He was chief counsel during the impeachment proceedings of uh, Bill Clinton in 1998 Mm. and uh, lead counsel uh for numerous telecommunications intellectual property antitrust counterterrorism civil rights and other legislation so he was on uh with uh brian and this is what he had to say about what happened understand remember this is a liberal democrat
7: yeah abby's a friend of mine we worked together during the clinton impeachment um uh in 98 and um good friend very good attorney um not the tactic I would have used. You, you just, you don't get as a witness, particularly as the son of the President of the United States, the right to tell a congressional committee how to conduct an investigation and how you're going to comply with a subpoena. If a congressional committee says we want to do a deposition before a public hearing, that's what you do. You don't get to say no, I want to, I will comply with a subpoena only if you do it in my way. You don't get to choose that when Congress issues you a subpoena. You can't say I'm not going to comply with subpoena because I think you're motivated on bipartisan, bipartisan investigation or partisan intent. It's just not how the system works. It breaks down. Right now, the Attorney General of the United States is prosecuting Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro for contempt of Congress and failing to comply with subpoenas. And I just don't know how the President of the United States or the Attorney General answers the question about the President's own son now defying a subpoena. When I ran that committee, and there's plenty of evidence, plenty of precedent of Democrats using depositions before a public hearing. Why would you do that? Because in a public hearing, you have a five-minute rule. You go back and forth with members. In a deposition, the attorneys can ask questions, follow-up questions for an hour, two hours, as much under oath, for as long as you need. You're not distracted by the Klieg lights. You're not you're not interrupted by the 5 minute rule and you can persist in a line of questioning in a much more meaningful way. There's lots of reasons to do and that. they lay
5: the groundwork to find out what you're going to do in public if in fact that'd be the next step. Right. right? And to build dem- a case.
7: Democrats did that in the case of uh Bush 43 in the investigation that they did at the judiciary committee with the firing of the US attorneys. Um, so Democrats have used this process. In-
0: there you go. Just want to play part of it uh, yeah. uh, for you though it, understand and everybody knows it. It's really weak because you know and you know the question that I have? Because Raskin got up there and said, Well, he's here, let him speak now. The first thought I have is, okay, are okay. you are you part because this is the whole thing that the Republicans have asked, and it's a solid point. Are you actually in collusion with Hunter Biden? Right. Uh uh to um uh to assist him or enable him on rejecting illegally a lawful subpoena of Congress. Right. And you're the ranking member of Congress, right. the ranking member of that, of the oversight committee mm-hmm. ranking members, a minority leader of it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the questions, you know, with, uh, with Swallow. and Swallow was up there. Right. You know, when, when he, uh, when he made that uh, speech uh, from the, the Senate side of, um, of, uh, of Capitol Hill. Right. And it's like, well, everybody seems to know about this. And then, We'll get to the Pete Ducey question for Corinne Jean Pierre. <laughs> I think one of the questions was, "Is he a, basically a pain in the butt now?" He didn't say pain, but the yeah, was right, like, is, yeah. he a, "Is he is he a pain to you is people right now?" Yeah, uh, and he got her on the fact that, uh, well, you know, what do you have to say now? Does the president uh, does uh, did, did the president know about this? I'm not getting into that. Well, you got into it last time. You said it last time. You said the president knew it. You right. said the president knew was the, what he was, was going to do. Was the president in contact with Hunter? Right. Which then, as we had said back then, forget about father and son. You're looking at... Subject versus and, and witness. Witness versus the actual target. Because the target is not Hunter. The target is President Biden. And President Biden uh, is the, the, the target communicating with a witness. Yep. And the admission from Corrine Jean-Pierre that he knew that he wasn't going to obey the law. If if that were Trump and Donald Trump Jr., there'd be impeachment proceedings it would, already. It would have, yeah, we'd yep. be halfway through impeachment already. Yep, no doubt. And, and these are all legitimate questions and concerns. Look, MSNBC when they were covering it live, they were like, "Oh, this is a mess." Yeah, it's unbe- it unbelievable. I mean, because it, it's the only thing you're doing is flexing. It's the only thing you're doing. You're flexing. You're taunting. Which means you know that you are going around the law and you're flaunting that to everyone as if to say, I'm above the law, you can't touch me. That was the play yesterday. And think about it as, and again, Julian Epstein said it. He's mm-hmm. a Democrat. Yeah, he said it. Yeah, you don't there, do this. You you don't. A you know, move. you don't do it, and you can't. You know, because that's what you know, uh, Raskin all the time. Oh, in Raskin yesterday. Oh my gosh, he he was <laughs> he was like, well, uh, the difference is here. Um, uh, we always communicated uh-huh. better than you guys uh-huh. did with right. anybody who was coming in. You haven't communicated effectively with him. I'm like, this is so. It is such a it's they look horrible uh, in this. And well, every, and every like I said, every Democrat knows it when Epstein Epstein was as clear as we have been on this. Yeah. And yeah. what's wrong? And everybody knows what the procedure is. Well, for and, it. and and I would say, too, with the question from Ducey uh, 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 to Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, you know, is basically is is he becoming a, a, a pain? You know, is this essentially is this becoming a problem? I would ask that same question. For the Democrats on these committees, for these ranking Democrats, yeah, that was a problem for them yesterday. They're not going to say it, but none of them expected that to happen yesterday, and that's a problem for them. Unless they did, and if they did, We're, we have a lot more questions. You've got a, you've got a huge problem because yes. then you're talking about a conspiracy. From the ranking, the ranking member of the oversight committee mm-hmm. to help Hunter Biden break the law right. of a lawful subpoena from his own committee. Right. And you open that up because they don't have an answer for it and their answers are so poor that you can throw that in then and say, what are you are are you? Consp- their better response. Are, 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 are you conspiring with Hunter Biden? Yeah, the flounder re- subpoena. Exactly. The better response for them would have been, we weren't expecting this. Uh, this is disruptive. If if he's going to be here, he should be here in an official capacity, as is outlined. But they had to play their hand the way it was dealt, and it was dealt by Hunter Biden. Eight six six ninety red right eye.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: Hey, That Radio. Uh, he's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara. Yeah, you were just talking about when uh, Hunter Biden then went out when he left because he left after about ten minutes, right? And uh, walked out. And somebody actually, when he was in the hallways of of, uh, of uh, Capitol Hill, somebody said, uh, "What is it? What kind? What of kind crack of crack, crack do you smoke? smoke?" Yeah. Now the the post on X attributed that to a reporter, but you couldn't see who said it. It was a male, but I don't know if it was a reporter or just a troll in the hallway i don't know you know it was amusing they didn't really respond no, I, to it you know uh, again it was uh what it was was if you're watching it yeah you know and and everybody was watching yeah. it and, the, and from the news media, analyzing was just chaos. it what you know what do you say at what do you say at that particular point i was reading jonathan turley and he was uh uh and and this was actually the 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 uh, the day before when he wrote the article saying how long are, and we read part of it yesterday how right. long are democrats going to go down this hill that they can't win yeah why are they are trying is to this the hill right, that wh- you're going to die on yeah. when you know it's not going your direction there's no momentum in your direction whatsoever in fact i don't know how you stop the momentum from the other side no you can't and everything looks it looks it looks horribly weak you can't sit there and say well he he can he can flaunt the subpoena because he said he wanted to uh testify publicly mm-hmm. you you don't get you don't get to write the subpoena you don't get to write the subpoena it's <laughs> like well if if <laughs> if if you're part of the legal process you don't get to control it. No, you don't. And and the the answer was that they said, fine, we're gonna we'll do the deposition first, and then he can speak publicly afterwards. We'll give him sure. the best of both worlds. Right? There is no argument to that that the Democrats have. And I said when Raskin got into the thing, well, uh, it's because uh, when uh, we subpoena people, we communicate better with them than you communicate. It was like it was what a did load you just horse manure? And what did you just admit to? You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, are you working? You know, the question is, uh, who is in communication with Hunter Biden on days like yesterday? No, no, no. He, but he meant communicating I know, with, I know. yeah, with, 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 like with, like the Trump, opposite the tr- side, yeah. like, like the Trump, like yeah. they were having this, yeah, they, like they were having this, uh, very great The him and the, 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 uh, uh. Uh, Trump's sons, yeah. were having this great back and forth. Oh yeah, there's nothing here. What would you like to know? And they yeah, brought him in for tea. And... Yeah, we're willing to to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's a load yeah. of horse manure, and everybody yeah. knows it. Yeah, yeah. No, I knew that part, but it's it, it, the the problem is is that you know you the more you try and jump out and try and defend Hunter Biden, the more it comes back at you. Yeah. Oh, and that's what. Uh, uh jonathan turley was talking about goes they're they're repeating the filibuster again yeah right for they want short-term game and and then the republicans killed them on the filibuster that's why the republicans (laughs) have the supreme court
1: to trigger somebody right now. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley mm-hmm. on Red Eye Radio. Hmm all
0: right. Yeah. Let's How? <laughs> Talking and stuff. <laughs> Saying things and whatnot. <laughs> Trying to think um <laughs> what could be really, really triggering out there. Hmm. Mm. Everything? Um, (laughs) hello, I did think (laughs) it was interesting. Uh, I didn't, I was watching it live, but I didn't see it. Anyone post it. But uh, yesterday, right as Hunter was walking out of the room yesterday, he shouted,
3: I'm smart. Not like everybody says.
0: (laughs) And I thought that was going to be a bigger story. (laughs) Let me, this is, this is the. $10 million question. Yeah. Why did his posse decide, how did his posse, his legal posse. And he had one. Convince him to do that. Yeah. Or was it the case that there was no stopping him from doing that? I don't know. Because that's what I take from it. I just assume he's driving everything. And going, he may be, yeah. And they're he going, may. okay. If you're going to make that, then we need to be in the room with you. If you're going to do this, okay, that's a, yeah. Then we need to be there. Uh, the one, the guy to his left, I don't know who he was. I'm not trying to, you know, go after the guy, but he did have a resemblance uh, to Don Johnson from. Was that uh, Miami Was, was Vice. that his lawyer? The one that bought the art from? Is that? Is that I can't think of his name. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Something. Yeah. I just, yeah, just kind of had the Miami on. Vice looking. Yeah. That. That's his. That's his on. buddy. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's the. Bu- that's his buddy that was doing the bong. Yeah, okay. Remember the bong shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> and apparently buying all the artwork. No, but but and the, no, the reason I bring that up is he knew that he was. Look, you, when you go out and do something, you know you're being filmed. Well, yeah. you're you're no, a friend of you you're know. a friend of Hunter Biden. You're doing a bong. Yeah, I mean it's it's almost as if and that's why, that's why one of the things I'm thinking of is okay, it, it was, you know. Uh, his people that convinced him to do, they, they weren't saying don't do it. They were saying, yeah, it's a great idea, great idea, great idea. Because if you're his, you know, his lawyer friend and you're doing a bong, remember, he's also one that loaned him the millions of dollars too. Right, yeah. Or gave him the millions of dollars. Right, right. To pay off his tax bill. Mm-hmm. And we always said, well, he was, that was a sign of uh, arrogance, narcissism, was we're doing the bong because mm-hmm. he knew people was, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna be doing this bong right in front of you. Right. Yeah. No, I think. And that's... By the way, where do you get a bong these days? I mean, are, are there head shops still? I don't know. I, I guess know. there are. Yeah. Okay. I just. Yeah. You know, or maybe Walmart. Oh wait a minute! I'm not I, saying they sell them it at Walmart. I don't know. Is I'll what I'm tell saying. you in about five <laughs> minutes. I said bong. Yeah. My phone is on. Yeah. Oh, I'll be, I'll yeah, be getting wait for the ad. I'll be getting the bong ads any yeah. any moment now. Yeah. yeah why not? Right. <laughs> With the drink gary leave work, go right around the corner, and there's the bong shop. Remember, in Texas, <laughs> it's for tobacco use only. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shut up! No, it's not. All right, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's the arrogance that runs through that entire. You know, I know I I don't know about his friends. It, it appears to uh, be at play with his friends too. But you know, that's that's part of who the Biden, uh, who Hunter Biden and Joe Biden are. That arrogance of, you you can't get me, Jack. I'm above all you. Look, he knows, uh, Hunter Biden knows he broke the law. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Right. He evaded his taxes. Yep. You know, number one, I can't imagine ever evading my taxes. No. And number two, if I was... A drug addict, and that's the only reason that I evaded my taxes. Mm -hmm. There would be a sense of shame and mea culpa. It would be so frightening if if I'm at that level. If I sobered up after being a drug addict, and found out that I had engaged not only in that behavior of doing the drugs, buying the drugs, and whatever, but I was also committing other crimes, you know, evading taxes or whatever it is. And it was his mental state driven by drugs. If that were me, it would be such a nightmare to wake up from. I would run with my lawyers to officials and say, we've got to clear this up. And what do I need to do? Let's start now because the last thing I want to do is be in this kind of hot water. And if my dad had been vice president for eight years... And was contemplating running, I would have thought also, oh, my gosh, this is going to come back on him. Yeah, the love thing came up again earlier this week. Yeah. There were a couple of interviews that some Democrats were doing. Oh, it was Clyburn. Right. Same Clyburn. He loves his. Well, apparently, Joe loves everybody and the entire family hates Joe. Well, this that's the thing. Does Hunter love his father? Right. He's not behaving like somebody who wants to protect him except for in a mafioso kind of way. I'm smart. <laughs> Don't worry, Dad. None of this is personal. It's just business. Yeah. Uh, but uh, here's Pete Doocy yesterday with Corrine Jean-Pierre. All right, here we go. All right. And Hunter Biden on Capitol Hill today. How big of a headache is that for you? <laughs> <laughs>
6: Hunter Biden is a private citizen. He is not a member of the White House, as mm-hmm. you know, and I just don't have anything else to share. But
3: the last time he was on the Hill, he said the president was certainly familiar with what his son was going to say. I did say that,
6: and, here's, so and what I'm saying today...
3: That President Biden does not to, help him with his business deals, but he does help him skirt congressional subpoenas? That is
6: not even true. Oh. is Oh! that is incredibly disingenuous in that question. What I will I say to you, I am helping you out. I'm helping you out. I don't have anything
0: else to share. <laughs> you hear the laughter after? I have nothing else to share. It's like I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> you know, on that. Yeah. Cuz that's the thing. You know, what what she gets caught and she gets caught on this quite frequently. No, no, we we don't discuss that. We don't discuss private citizen and then she'll answer another reporter and then Ducey will come back and go, "Excuse me, you just said you don't answer it." And you went, and that's what he was saying there. Mm-hmm. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, right. No, you know, you you you're, you're, you're. You know, you've said, you're, and and she goes, "That's disingenuous." Explain to me how it's disingenuous. Right. We don't. It's know. right on point. All we know is you said he was familiar. Mm-hmm. Now I would approach it a di- I would ask it a different way. I don't know if it's a better way, but I, I, okay, apparently I think it is because I wouldn't be saying I would ask it another way unless I thought it was better. Mm. But I, I would say, excuse me, you're the one that said he was familiar. The only way he could be familiar is if he talked to his son. His son, in legal purposes, is not his son. His son is the witness. Right. The president is the target. Right. So the concern here is the appearance of obstruction of justice. That's how I would approach it. And, have, and she goes, well, that's uh, that's horrible. How is it horrible? You know, well, I can't go into it. Excuse me, you opened the door. You opened the door you by saying the president did it. You opened the door. Yeah. Explain to me why you did that and now why you won't answer the question. You can't plead the fifth now. You've already talked. That's a, I would add that in there too. That's yeah. really good. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can't plead the fifth now <laughs> once you start. You've you, already talked. You you got to plead the fifth all the time. Well, that's it. And b- which by well, the way, by the way, we know it, we know the fifth doesn't apply here. It doesn't here. apply here. Although they really wish that it did. And so, <laughs> wishful thinking. But it is that it should have been that approach at the beginning. But the president is not. But she knew she got burned. And And, and, no. She knew she got burned. Horrible. She knew she got burned. And then you could hear, I don't know if it was Deucey laughing, but it was almost a laugh of, I got you. You can't answer the question. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says, I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to quit. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Well, well, you know, we had said it. Remember, because we heard this and you and I looked at each other and went, She just sued the president under the bus. This is not father son. Yeah. This is subject. Witness now, and and again, the continuation yesterday. But when she said a few weeks back, was when she said, "Well, he was for yeah, he was familiar with what his son was going to say that day." Then he knew. Then there had the, to be a conversation, right? There had no to be way around a, a conversation. it. Conversation, and so the witness is telling the target. Yeah, the witness is telling the suspect, the person of interest. Mm-hmm. that I am not going to, you know, I am not, I, I'm not going to o- obey the subpoena. Right. And I'm going to actually get out and talk about it tomorrow. Right. So his father, because his father is the target and the president, the next question is, well, what was the Did your father agree? Did, did, uh, the president agree with it because if the president agreed with what he was doing, you have conspiracy to obstruct justice at that point. Right. I'm. We were asking then, I still believe they should be looking into that part of it, that conversation. That's a very critical point here. It is. Because if you were to believe that it happened that one time, then I'm convinced It's been happening, it happened before that, and it's been happening since. It's ongoing. That's a problem. Because that's the next question. Did the president know he was going to do that yesterday? Right. Because then that gets into the fact of, all right, there's regular communication then, as there would be. But the fact is, when you look at what the Republicans and what we already know from Hunter's laptop as to what he did selling influence to the president of the United States because you, you get and that's why I said earlier you know Hunter sh- showing up did his father no favor mm. and Clyburn was out there James Clyburn this week saying this is just a father's love for his son and they keep doing it well there isn't a son's love for his father and there is no brother's love for You know, James Biden is the other brother. There is no love there. And the rest of the family that's benefiting off the so-called illusion Uh of influence. They're all screwing over Joe Biden is what they're trying to sell the American public. The entire family is corrupt and screwing over their father. Bringing down his presidency. Bringing down his presidency. And Joe just loves them. And Hunter... And Joe's brothers hate him yeah is that is that what's going on here right and this is where and I don't I don't hear enough talk from Republicans on I don't hear any talk from Republicans no. about that no and it's like don't you understand what you have here don't you understand rhetorically what you have oh this is so rich I mean there's so there's so much so many layers to this whole thing every day and you don't here's the thing. You don't have to go down the rabbit hole. Look, if you're following a Clinton-esque plan, you know, like the whole uh, Russian collusion hoax that she put together, people are going to need some coffee to follow it. And if you're following the Biden-esque plan, it's pretty simple. And for the GOP, you should be on it every single day, every one of these points should be going on and on and on and on. It's not that difficult. People understand it. You said it months ago. That there are people there are things that people don't tolerate. And one of them is peddling political influence. One is what we don't not paying your taxes and right. peddling not, influence. Not paying your taxes and influence peddling. Yeah, basically influence peddling, right. bribe. Those are the two things that the public is still because they're for very, the most part against. And if it's their party doing it, they're still against that. And they're those those two items very simple to understand. Here is a question I have very quickly: What we saw yesterday, if the Democrats knew that Hunter was going to do it, and I believe some did, uh, does this mean that they believe Joe is going to run? And so they they can't throw him under the bus because nobody else wishes to run. And so we've got to protect him as long as possible. Thing is, I'm not going to I'm not going to protect a Biden uh, that's about to step down. Yeah, I'm not going to protect the Biden's about to step down. I'm not going to protect a Biden anyway. Right. Because the last thing I'm going to do is put myself into any type of criminal peril. Right. You know, by right. by doing something that might be viewed as obstruction. Exactly. Of justice. Exactly. Eight, six, six,
3: red
1: eye.
0: It's Frontline Radio. He's our colleague, and I am Gary McNamara. Oh, and it got filthy in the in the hearing yesterday. I think the yeah. highlight of the filthiness was uh, uh, squad member uh, Representative Jayapal, Paul uh, again wanting to deflect from Hunter Biden, so what she mean? went right to Trump and she said Trump incited an erection. Oh wow! She actually said that. Well, oh my gosh, the place went crazy. Can you? I don't even know if you can be charged with that. I don't know what kind of lawyer you would even hire. I have a lot of questions about that. I mean, it was just... That, and and quite frankly, actually, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> We're done. We're done.
1: is Red Eye Radio.
0: All across America and around the world, he is Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Hello. To Representative uh, J.F. Paul. It is insurrection. Yeah. Yeah, the word is insurrection. Right. Just make sure we It's also not resurrection. Right. I heard that. And it goes back several weeks, but yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's insurrection, which it wasn't to begin <laughs> with. But that's the word you're looking for. Right. We're just talking the word. We're, yes. Yeah, we're not, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, that was not an editorial comment. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just uh, she wasn't able to get out. Yeah. Insurrection. And it the, came out. Well, go back and listen to last time. Yeah. Listen, we have All a right. podcast and um, we, we uh, invite <clears throat> you if you yeah. miss the show to go back and listen <laughs> to that podcast. Well, I, I want to get to to uh, Comer talking to reporters uh, uh after uh the Hunter Biden debacle yesterday. Mm. I just don't know what he's thinking. I is, I am not not Comer. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden. You, you, you shake your head and you're just like what is what is he thinking? How does he think this is to his advantage or is he just is his whole life been just an emotional nightmare, and he just does stupid things. Well, there's the thing. Um, I have to ask that question. Well, his just his do- eyes were really weird looking throughout the whole thing while he was in the room. It, it's, I, I don't, I don't know what somebody's thinking, but it just seemed like he was kind of out of his mind in that moment. And that's the point. It doesn't seem like he was thinking logically. That seemed like a last-minute deal. And it sounds like something someone like a Hunter Biden would do, and his lawyers say, look, if you're going to do this, we're going to have to come with you. You can't just walk in there. I don't know if that's the case. His crazy lawyer friend, I don't know what, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Because that that guy's just weird to begin with, too, so who knows. But here's uh, uh, Comer uh, after the... uh, Hunter Biden visit to Capitol Hill yesterday.
5: Uh, Today, the House Oversight Committee voted to hold Hunter Biden in contempt of Congress. Uh, This is something that, uh, unfortunately, we had to do. Uh, We've conducted this investigation for over a year. We've been very transparent with the American people. We've been very transparent with the media. We've published four substantive bank memorandums that show concerning transactions from our enemies around the world. Uh, we've referenced several uh, hundreds of uh, suspicious activity reports that the banks filed uh, very concerned about suspicious activity by the Biden family. We've had heard testimony from IRS whistleblowers about the IRS and Department of Justice investigating various members of the Biden family for criminal wrongdoing. And can, we get, can, can, can we get you all out or just be quiet while we do this
0: interview? <laughs> everybody, it was, down. it was one of those days, wasn't it? So yeah, was. it was. It really was. <laughs> <laughs>
5: what we saw today, unfortunately, was a stunt by the president's son to come in. Uh, this is the second time when he was supposed to be here in this room. The first time was, a, was the day we were supposed to have the deposition. He showed up uh, in front of the Senate and had a press conference, said he was there to answer questions, then got in the car with Eric Swalwell and drove off. Today he came here, he sat on the front row, and the day we held, voted to hold him in contempt, he didn't bother to, to show up or tell anyone he was coming or try to work with us on a date for a deposition. We heard Moskowitz say that uh, the president's son was here, he was sitting there to answer questions. When Moskowitz's time expired, I recognized Miss Green, she wanted to ask him questions, and he got up and left. So uh, I don't know what the purpose of the stunt was, but uh, at the end of the day, Hunter Biden doesn't set the rules for Congress, we believe that he's been given special treatment by the Department of Justice, by the FBI, by the IRS, and in each instance he was, uh, the the, the investigators were told to stand down. Uh, We want to bring him in. We have hundreds of substantive questions that we want to ask the President's son about specific transactions, about specific bank violations, and uh, about specific conversations Reference in emails text messages and other uh, depositions and interviews uh, we expect him to come uh, he was held in contempt today we passed it out of committee in both the uh, oversight and judiciary that will now move to the house floor i would assume next week with that i'll be happy to answer any questions there
0: you go yeah um... <laughs> you know but it, it, it was just chaos a- and I have to believe that's one of the goals of a Hunter Biden when he sets out to do what he did yesterday. There's that. He wants that to be the story and and not the actual hearing itself. Not the content of the hearing itself. Change the content by going in and and flexing, basically, and then walking out. You know what that's going to do. You know there's going to be a zoo. Even MSNBC, as it was happening live, was saying, uh, this is a mess. <laughs> they know that. But you also know that if you're Hunter Biden, and this is your idea, your choice to do this, and you, you could see it on his face. You could see it in his body language. Had his arms crossed. That's a very defensive posture. And if you're going to look like a, you know, a, I don't know, a big shot or something, don't cross your arms ever in public, ever. You got to look relaxed. And he didn't look anywhere close to relaxed. He looks really charged up. I'm not accusing him of being on drugs, but wow. He looked, he looked like well, he had, at the very least, Way too much coffee. And his eyes were just, you know. It's like he wanted to shout something out. That's what his eyes looked like. Like he was about to shout, stand up and shout in that room. And I'm wondering, I'm thinking if it's not for his lawyers, he that might have happened. I don't know. I can't say for sure. But the imagery of it all was a zoo it was a circus and it's also further proof and demonstration if you needed more that he has no concern whatsoever for the law he believes he's above no the law. he he believes he's above the law yeah and he's going to flaunt that yeah. at every turn. because you wouldn't be doing what he is he is doing you know it, it's interesting because uh, you made the comparison to a a mafia boss, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, coming in, but you know, mafia bosses in the past have been arrogant, right, and right. would do things that are just, you know, that are that are just stupid, right, yeah. and uh, you know, and and uh, and fla- Gotti, for example, mm-hmm. would flaunt everything, and it's oh, like, oh yeah, can't do it. They're eventually they're they're the smirk on their face, and right, yeah. especially when you see, um, you know, the 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 fact is now it's not Republicans alone. Now it's the Democrat. It's the uh, Democrat administration that is now prosecuting him for serious crimes, including evasion of taxes. Right. And and so uh, I just I. I guess the question you can look and say, what are his what's Hunter and his lawyers thinking? That's one thing I the big question to me is, why are Democrats going to the wall here for Hunter Biden? And you may say Joe Biden. But I I just, I, I don't see where the, politically where the payoff, I don't see where politically where the payoff is because they don't have a debate point. No. There no. is no debate point to defend Hunter Biden here. Right. There's none. And saying, but Trump is not a defense of Hunter Biden. No. No. Nope. And, and so... We know. Look, they're looking for the, the the answers because the answer is, as we've said, there's really two possibilities that Joe Biden was involved in influence peddling with his family, doing mm-hmm. Rich's family. Mm-hmm. You know now how far it went, and whether there was a quid pro quo. You know that's still to be found out as to you know what you know, actually, you know, happen in many of these particular cases. Right. Yeah. Are the allegations with Barisma or other places true? And and so when you look uh, at, at uh, all of that, you know, you just, you shake your head and go, where do the Democrats actually believe hmm. they have a talking point? Because right. they know yeah. they don't. Right. They know they don't. They're not idiots. They know they don't. But for some reason, they're still backing the president's son which means they're backing the president who they don't wish to be the nominee in 2024 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's like i said in this well, election I, I, I there's guess, so many so many variables in this election I, I guess you know if you're doing this you know if you're raskin or or any of the you know uh democrats he's a ranking member but if, if you look at Uh, You know, any of the top Democrats. Are are you also because we'll introduce reintroduce something I brought up, and that is. This has been known for years inside the beltway about Joe Biden. There was great concern years ago about this, which means any of these long serving Democrats knew about it and said nothing. And so when this falls, if it does fall, you know, whatever comes down is also going to shine some light on that fact. And so maybe at this point, you're not so much defending Joe as you are trying to build a a barrier between Joe and the party and maybe have it not come down so hard on the party itself. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, throwing out possibilities. Um, I don't know. I don't know why in the world if we're at this point of you know look president newsom is meeting with president clinton <laughs> in mexico i knew that would get you he looked at me almost as, like, you mean governor you were you were going to say it you mean governor no president newsom was <laughs> <laughs> wanna be Annoying president no yeah wanna be president newsom um you know those all those things are in play and they're still talking look there's too much talk from the left this isn't generated by people on the right by the way the the talk of him standing down and or or you know uh, pulling out of the race and you know newsom or whoever it's going to be you know jumping in the left oh yeah is the energy behind that let me i you know i didn't i didn't finish i only give half Mm. my thought before sorry Mm. i I ended my thought and i only given half of it Mm. the problem is either joe biden is, you know, guilty of a conspiracy with his family to do influence peddling, mm. or the fallback point that Joe just loves his family and loves Hunter, and remember, it's Democrats that have used his defense. Yeah. It was an illusion of influence peddling, which yeah. then, you know, they only were talking about Hunter, which meant Hunter was pretending to sell access to his father mm-hmm. by promising all these foreign entities that he could get them, you know, whatever they wanted. And for over 10 years, he did this, never delivered once. Yeah, right. Because that's the fallback. That's the position of the Democrats. Mm-hmm. They And they promote that proudly. Well, what they forget is Hunter isn't the only person involved in it. Right. Then you have to include the brothers. Why? Because there was a series of bank accounts and 20 different uh, corporations that were set up to move money to what? How many family members? 11, 12 family members. Right. Which means then Joe Biden, this is what the Democrats are, the message are trying to sell you. Joe Biden loves his family. His entire family is corrupt. Yeah. And has been selling pretend access to the president to enrich themselves, and the president didn't know. Yeah, the those are, of access. No, yeah. either one of those are not strong positions to start out from. No, you know when you're talking about an impeachment inquiry, or it's time now for a deposition. Right, not the strongest points. <laughs> All right, some of the most damn weakest points I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's be honest. Seriously. I was I was trying to third be graders, nice there. Third, third right, graders, third graders could, could make better points. And what? by the way, I think Republicans Republicans have never said what we have said then. Mm-hmm. You know, here's what Democrats are saying, that it was an illusion of influence. Yeah. Which means, as they're saying, remember, because Clyburn said it again, James Clyburn of South Carolina mm-hmm. said it again a couple times this week. Mm-hmm. They're just after a man who loved his son. Okay, let's explore that then. Yeah, sure. So he loved his son and his son took advantage of him. Right. Is that what you're saying? Right. Somebody should ask Clyburn or anybody else who brings that up. Fine, then what's your scenario? Right, yeah. So are you saying that Hunter Biden was selling pretend access to his father in illusion? Right. Then was Jim doing the same? And the family set up all of these different bank accounts and LLCs to distribute the money to the family. We know that's a fact. So are you saying that Joe loves his family and his whole family hates him and is corrupt and is attempting to use him to enrich himself over a period of a decade? Is that what you're saying? Can't have it both ways. Can't have it both ways, no. But but I haven't heard anybody bring that up except us. Maybe there is. I haven't seen it anywhere. It's like and, – and that's the important thing is when they say something, you've got to say, all right, what are they actually communicating? Because mm, mm. we, we're in a society now where you say, Joe just loves his son. Yeah. Well, then the question Republicans have to ask is well, what the hell does that mean? Right. Let's follow that. Joe loves his son and that means what? Right. His son took advantage of him. All right. Now you say it's an influence of uh, – the, um, the illusion of influence. Right. Fine. Well, then is that what – his brothers, were Joe Biden's brothers, have been selling. And then, oh my God, the entire family has enriched themselves through bank accounts and LLCs to hide the money. So does Joe love his family and they all hate him? And they're all using him? Is the entire Biden family corrupt except Joe? Is that your defense of the president? That's the picture you're painting. That that's your story, yeah. there's no way around that. Wake up, Republicans. You've got more ammo. It's too easy. Eight six six ninety red eye Brought to you by Hotshot Secret.
4: Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. When driving, you need to manage the space around your vehicle so that there's enough space to allow you to adjust when traffic conditions change. The space ahead of your vehicle is the most important and one of the easiest to monitor and adjust as needed. One rule of thumb is to allow at least one second for each 10 feet of vehicle length at speeds below 40 miles per hour. At greater speeds, add an additional second. It's impossible to keep other drivers from tailgating you, but there are some things you can do to make it safer, such as increasing your following distance, avoiding quick lane changes, and slowing down. There are also several things you should do to ensure that there is plenty of space between the side of your vehicle and other vehicles. Don't hug the center line, Avoid hugging the right side of the road, and avoid traveling alongside other vehicles in strong winds, especially crosswinds. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
0: It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara. You know, one of the things that it can't get lost is uh, Fauci testified for two oh, days this week. Yeah. And uh, reading here from, uh, we'll, we'll get to this following the bottom of uh, the hour. Fauci refused to explain the rationale for COVID social distancing guidelines. What they're saying is he couldn't explain why, you know, remember the six feet? Yeah. And- remember all the different, uh, well, so like he couldn't explain it. How could you not? How could you not when you when 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 you were the guy mm-hmm. and it was in place for so long everywhere that should not be a hard explanation. And more on the defense secretary going AWOL mm-hmm. coming up.
1: to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios,
0: and he is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, all right, hmm. I thought this was fascinating. This was a, a op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal from Tevi Troy, who uh, worked in the uh, uh, Bush administration. All right, uh, was I think assist, assistant secretary of HHS, and then was a presidential aide. Hmm. And this is on the whole. Uh, Secretary of Defense Austin debacle that uh, happened, and as he writes here, and this this is the you know some of the things that we have said, people that are blowing this off. Well, oh, it's really nothing. It's really nothing. Well, it's huge. It's massive because this just never it's happens. Massive. And we said anybody inside the beltway knows this. Yeah. And so he writes. He goes. The president's men. The the president's men don't go awol. There is no such thing as personal time. When you work for the guy in the Oval Office, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's disappearance story will strike anyone who has served in a senior administration role as bizarre, as we have said all along, yep, yep, because yep. the, you know, the media was trying to say, oh, it's no big deal. Well, you know, everything was fine. These things don't happen, especially when you talk about the chain of command for defense of this country. Right. And so this is not a normal position. <clears throat> right because but when you are entrusted with high level public responsibilities the expectations are that you are always available always mm. top mm. officials like Mr Austin occupy what is known as the pass level PAS presidentially appointed senate confirmed pass officials don't even accrue vacation days since they are assumed always to be on the clock. Hmm. Over the years, the constant availability of top administration aides at all hours has become the stuff of legend. When I served in the White House, workdays routinely began at 7 a.m. and continued until 8 p.m. Neither weekends nor late nights were considered time off. Andy Card, George W. Bush's chief of staff, would sleep with his Blackberry on his chest so that he'd be ready for if a call came in when he was asleep. Lower level staffers are no exception. This is the best one. This mm. is the best. Listen to this. Mm. One speechwriter I knew swam on the weekends. He put his Blackberry in a Ziploc bag at the end of his swimming lane. He checked it every 100 meters in case the president called with, a, with questions about a speech. When it comes to demanding constant availability from aides, it's hard to surpass Lyndon Johnson. In the days before cell phones, Johnson had phones installed in his car, on his boat, and even in his bathroom to make sure he would always reach his people. This included his informal advisors. Lou Wasserman, a Hollywood mogul who became a fundraiser and counselor to Johnson, once received a call that a a Signal Corps officer was installing a phone in his house. Hmm. Johnson had demanded Wasserman have a direct line installed so he'd be reachable. When Wasserman objected, he was told that the phone was going in whether he liked it or not and he might as well just pick a place for it. Johnson saw phones as a way to control people. He believed that if the phone rang and you weren't there, that meant you weren't at your desk working. <laughs> no quiet quitting here. Yeah, right. He also didn't believe in the concept of personal time. One aide, Billy Lee Bremer, wrote a novel while working for him in the Senate when Bremer saw johnson after the book came out johnson was not pleased when did you find time to write that book he wanted to know brammer explained that he wrote the book at night but that didn't that didn't satisfy johnson instead of working on the novel johnson said you should have been answering my mail yeah right the two men never ever spoke again If you've got time for this, then you've got time for that. Yeah. Mr. Austin's excuse was better than Brammer's. The defense secretary's absence was a result of a medical issue that required hospitalization, even though I doubt Lyndon Johnson would have kept him in the cabinet. Neither should Joe Biden. That's the thing that people don't understand. It's not where, when you work at that level, it's not, oh, okay, 8 to 5 and go home. There is no time off. No. Because... When you are, and think about that, Uh, he is the guy that is in charge of all of the military. And he is sixth in charge overall. There is no skipping that. That's why Rumsfeld, I'm sure why he felt, okay, it's a two-hour procedure, I'm it's local anesthesia, We're local. He wasn't even out. not, not yeah. even going to put me under, but I still because you don't know. Right. I'm going to be on a table somewhere. And I'm going to be in an extremely vulnerable position here that could come with complications. And if it does, then somebody else needs to be already authorized to make those calls. When you think about the. Austin's deputy. Hicks, she's the one that was on vacation, and she learns about it a day after he goes back to the hospital, which is January 1st. He went in on New Year's Day, and he was dealing with pains, and and, and that came from his, his original procedure. So then she's on vacation. She learns about it. And she's working from vacation. As they point out in the Wall Street Journal, you know, no walks on the beach. Well, I'm, I'm asking the question, whoa, whoa, whoa. Once she got the call, why didn't she get on a plane and, and go to D.C.? There may be a very good answer for that, but I haven't heard it. And I haven't heard the question asked. Because then you hear about the chief, Austin's chief of staff, who had the flu. And the deputy chief of staff, who was also out. Who is in charge? All the more reason that if you're it doesn't matter. If something is going on and and Austin knows this, you don't get to be a four star general without knowing it. And by the way, we're getting no transparency. Well, we're gonna and and it's gonna be investigation. Republicans are like Republicans are like no. We're going to do it because we don't trust you to do any of this because we're not getting any answers. For example, we've asked the question, "Why did you just give her some of your duties?" Right. Yeah. If you're going to be incapacitated, which duties why, are we talking? Why about? didn't she get all of your duties? What duties are we talking about? And we're getting none of that. There is zero transparency. In fact, I, I well, this administration always hems and haws to the point where. You're, it's like, oh, okay, you're hiding something that you don't want the public to know about. And and there's, you know, there's the thing. And if he's on uh, pain medications, uh, aside from over-the-counter pain medications, Austin, then that's also a situation where he should not be making decisions. So we don't know where, you know, that that yeah. part of the timeline is. You know what his treatment is, and 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 all of that, where it fell. But when you read the timeline of how this thing went down, it, it honestly was as if, as if nobody cared about this whole thing, about the job at hand as Secretary of Defense. And that just blows me away from a guy who is a retired four-star general. I don't understand well, that but at all but again what does the leader do same thing you know not that trump didn't go golfing and things. oh what like does this. a leader if you're a leader right what would one do right not yeah, okay. not, not that trump i thought example, you were talking about not, not for example didn't that that trump didn't golf and do things like right. that but right and we say you're always working as 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 president but right right he, he nobody has taken the type of vacations no one no president has taken the amount of vacation that uh, that uh, Joe Biden has done. And when Joe Biden takes the vacation, remember, he doesn't answer any questions. Right. He's right. not communicating to begin with. And so the fact that he's taking so many you know vacations and you think about it, if you're the staff working for him, geez, he wants us to work 24 seven. And, uh, you know, and and then when, uh, you know, there's a problem, we try to contact him, we get nothing from the white house well he doesn't seem to care all he wants to do is be there say a couple of things go on vacation on the weekends you know take more vacation time than any president in modern american history probably all of american history why the hell should we be reporting to him and we're tr- doing our job and exactly he's not going to pay attention to us anyway he doesn't even know we exist right. or he's, whatever right yeah. he's 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 still he's still in the virgin islands he's not you're not going to respond to anything. We're not well, going to be able to get through. And see, that's the, you know, because of his cognitive abilities, mm-hmm. is he shut off from his own cabinet? Well, no, I I've was got to ask that, about, that question. I was about to say, when do you see him? I mean, at first you saw him in the ice cream store. Remember that? And because mm-hmm. the media would follow him in there. Now he's at a distance every time he's away. He's being shielded from the media. Is he being shielded from his own cabinet? I mean, you have to ask these questions because uh, Trump, we've said many times almost to a fault, would stop if he was getting on Marine One and he would just have a, you know, he'd sit there and talk forever with the media if they had a question. He didn't run from them at all. Um, Bush, 43, his ranch in Texas. Remember that being on the golf cart and the whole thing and oh, yeah. you know, driving around or in the pickup truck or wherever, whatever you know, and the media would be there. And he knew that. That was part of it. Oh, they hated going. There. Oh, they did. They did. And it's but he didn't they none of them were running from the, the media. I mean Obama no. a couple of times hopped on a bicycle and tried to get away, but it didn't work. <laughs> it's the thing is it's very different with Joe. It's not just that he's on vacation. He's being shielded. Right. And he's since being we, kept since, from the media. Since we know he's being shielded from the media like no other president has been shielded by the media, well, then how do we know that his cognitive abilities are so bad that everything has to pass through someone else exactly. before they talk to exactly. him. Exactly. And so you've got then the cabinet members saying, we never get to talk to the president. Right. This is a hypothetical now. Right. We never get to talk to the president. We always talk to an aide who claims they're passing it on. They really don't care what we have to think. Right. There's no sense of urgency there. Right. And I'm really wondering if, again, if you have, to use the term, if you have a president who is quiet quitting well, you expect the people that work for you don't pick up on that? Right. And then quiet quit themselves? Or he's not the one making the calls, so they're, he's not the one they reach out to. Yeah. Because as, there's as, no but as But as, as far as we know, he didn't reach out to anybody in the White House. Right, exactly. Right. But here's the thing. There's no way to explain away this whole thing with Austin. There isn't. No, it's, at, it's, at one point... His deputy Hicks, she still wasn't aware of the full situation. No, she wasn't. She, she didn't know when she took over some of his responsibilities. She, she had wasn't no idea aware in the hospital. And you're right. At that point, it's like, and so they were communicating. How? Why were yeah. Why were his some of his duties assigned to her? My question was, did you not ask? And how would, How would it not right. be signed over? Because I want to know about the formalities in the protocol. There, if Rumsfeld says, "Well, you know, I signed the document, signed over my authority to, or whatever," then I'm in my mind. I'm thinking, "All right, then that means you signed a document as such." And by the way, you also the, it's it's protocol to make it public, so yes. the, so the so your enemies know that we're in that, full control, right? That you're in full control, yep. and that the power yep. and authority to respond has been transferred to somebody else what if the truth about austin and his situation that he was in got to our enemy before it got to his deputy secretary of defense that's the equation you look at that's what you want to prevent is the enemy learning this before the important people here stateside domestically learn it Eight six six ninety red eye
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
0: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. So really interesting there and, and from somebody who actually worked in government before. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we said yesterday, we said, look, in the Beltway, anybody who's worked in Washington is going, oh, my God, what the hell? Yeah. The media may be going, oh, what's the big deal, Republicans? Oh, he's just sick. Oh, everybody's everything's fine in the Pentagon. And anybody who's ever worked there is going, what in the hell is going on? And so that's, you know, there's still a ton of answers that the people want. Coming up, Fauci mm. testifying. Not a lot of news on that. No. But we'll get to that and more.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.